Hey, y'all. I'm Chelsea. I'm Deidre. And I'm Sarah. And this is Scream and Sugar. I don't know. You the hostess. With the mostess. That's what I was thinking. How's it going? You know how it's going. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a struggle today, y'all. Yeah, y'all have no idea. So we're just gonna dive on in. <laughs> dive in. We so, have coffee. Yada yada. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so so today it's different. Mm-hmm. Again. For some reason, I like saying that every time I record. <laughs> You're different. <laughs> so, basically, what we're going to be talking about today is cases that are summed up in two paragraphs, basically. Mm-hmm. I think I got about six I'm going to go over today. Oh, wow. Ooh, it's a lot. A lot, but it's only ten pages, so... <laughs> So, the first one that we are going to be talking about is... I don't want you reading it while I'm... Oh, I didn't know what you were doing. I didn't know if you were trying <laughs> you to like, see this. Eye her, like, I what? was like, what is it? J.C. Lee Duggard. Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> That's so, the one I saw earlier. Is it pronounced Duggard? I don't know. So, mm-hmm. I'm, there's going to be a lot of words that I pronounce incorrectly. And a lot of names I pronounce incorrectly. So... I mean, I didn't mean that as like you were saying, or I've heard no, it pronounced Duggard and Dugard. I'm glad you said so that I because know. I was going to mention that I'm going to mispronounce words. So, I apologize at a time. Well, and I thought that this girl was a part of the, I almost said the 13 going on 30, the John and Kate plus eight, okay, the big family. So, <laughs> I thought she was a part oh, of them, yeah. but she's not. <laughs> so, this is like a known case, pretty much. I mean, mm-hmm. everyone knows about her. But I'm going to go over it anyway. So, 11-year-old J.C. Lee Duggard was kidnapped on her way to school on June 10th, 1991 in Mayers, California. Her stepfather, Carl Probin, I'm assuming, witnessed her kidnapping and chased the kidnappers on his mountain bike. But she remained missing until 2009. And I didn't know that he, like, seeing her get kidnapped and was, like, going Yeah. I, I feel like that. I've heard that, but I mean, I completely forgot about it. I didn't even Damn. know. Damn. He on the mountain bike. Oh, bless it. A married couple, Philip Gerardo, Gerardo, G-A-R-R-I-D-O, Gerardo. Gerardo. Okay, Dorito. so a married couple <laughs> named Philip and Nancy <laughs> kidnapped her and kept her in a shed in their backyard for 18 years as a sex slave. Oh, God. During this time, her captor convicted rapist Philip, trigger warning, <laughs> raped JC repeatedly, fed her countless lies, and impregnated her twice. She gave birth to mm-hmm. daughters at ages 14 and 17. Jesus. So, renamed Alyssa, I guess that's what they named her. Mm-hmm. JC spent 18 years in captivity, living in the backyard shack at the home of Philip and Nancy, because I can't say their last name, so <laughs> it don't matter. Dorito. <laughs> don't even matter. Screw them. These, yeah. these kids, aka JC and her two 
youngins. Never seen the, because, I mean, she was a kid, too. But yeah. yeah. Never seen the outside world, and all they knew were what JC was able to teach them with her own limited knowledge. That's so sad. Yeah, she was 11, right? When she got kidnapped? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Ratchet. Oh, God. Yeah. So, Philip visited the campus of the University of California, Berkeley, mm-hmm. accompanied by two girls, now known to be his daughters, mm-hmm. on August 24th and the 25th of that year. Did I say the year? No. 2009? Yes. Mm-hmm. The, I was like, did I say the year? <laughs> the unusual behavior of the trio sparked an investigation that led Philip's parole officer, because I said he was a convicted rapist, mm-hmm. to order him to take the two girls to a parole officer in Concord, California on August the 26th. And when he did, he was accompanied by a woman who was finally identified as J.C. Duggar herself. Philip and Nancy were arrested by police after J.C. D- Duggar's reappearance. August 26th of 2009, more than 18 years after she was abducted, J.C. Duggar was reunited with her mother, Terry Proben, in South Lake Tahoe, California. And at the time of her reunion with her mother, her two daughters she had were 11 and 15 at the time. Oh, my god! In 2009. So her youngest was the same age she was when she got kidnapped. mm on April 28th of 2011, Philip and Nancy pleaded guilty Good. Yeah, to kidnapping it. and assaulting J.C. And Philip was sentenced to 431 years <laughs> Good. to life imprisonment. And his wife, Nancy, received 36 years to life. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah, I was plus like, 400? Probably because he was... Her ass knew. No, I mean, like... He was like the mastermind... Yeah, 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 he, he was probably more. He's he's just as bad though. Oh yeah, how dare you? Ooh, you just married a rapist, and, and you just, just went along with, with it. it. Yeah, like, you, oh yeah, this is a life right here. Yeah, <laughs> like because it sounds like they were both in on it. Well, Philip was a person of interest. Oh, mm-hmm. and at least one other San Francisco Bay Area missing person case. Shocker! But I didn't look up. The other if one. it was, yeah, I was just like, mm, but it wasn't in the article either. No, it wasn't in the article I got it from either. So I was just like, mm, whatever. But uh, <laughs> JC sued the state of California on account of the numerous lapses. Is that right? Of checking in on his ass by law enforcement that mm-hmm. contributed to JC's continued ca- captivity and sexual assault. Yes. In 2010, the state of California awarded the Duggar family $20 million. G- yes. Mm-hmm. Good. And JC also sued the federal government on similar grounds pertaining to Philip's time as a federal parolee. But this suit was dismissed because Philip was not under the supervision of the federal parole system when he victimized her. Mm. So she didn't get anything out of that. I mean, that's the least they can do shit. Yeah. I mean, I'm pretty sure didn't like police come to the house at least a couple different times and they just never went in the backyard. Yeah. Never checked the backyard. Yeah. They're just like, oh, all is well here. Like, I, you need to be checking every nook and cranny. You don't know what they're doing. The whole premises. <laughs> so, in 2011, um, J.C. Duggar wrote an autobiography titled A Stolen Life. As it was. Yeah. And then her second book, Freedom, My Book of Firsts, was published in 2016. Oh. I need to read those. Oh. I, I want to read the My Book of Firsts. I don't know if I can read the bad stuff. I just need it. I don't know. It'd be sad 
like bittersweet reading the other one too because you know it's like yeah. she got out and she never got to do any of these things and she gets to do all of it for yeah. the first time like first time driving a car uh another one this next one y'all are gonna be like oh. <laughs> <Because> <laughs> we're gonna be like what uh. <laughs> so deal. this girl her name is jamie stice Okay. So in 2011, Jamie, I think I'm pronouncing her last name correctly. This sounds familiar. The last name sounds familiar, but I can't. Well, Jamie Stice was abducted and killed as her unborn child was cut from her body by a woman she met on Facebook. So trigger warning because this is pretty intense. Mm -hmm. You're just going to have to start saying trigger warning before you. Yes, that's why. So. Mm -hmm. She put up an ad on Facebook calling for other pregnant women to hang out with and to get advice from. Hmm. Only one person responded. They were friends for a couple of months before she suddenly went missing for a week. Well, one day, someone called the police to report a woman's body, trigger warning, trigger <laughs> lying on the side of the road with her guts pulled out and laid in a neat pile. Oh, <laughs> Dental records prove that the body belonged to Jamie Stice, but there was no baby to be seen anywhere. So, it turns out the friend Kathy Coy had cut, her, cut out her baby and brought it to the hospital, claiming to have had the baby in her car. What tipped the authorities off was that instead of a placenta, Coy, placenta, Coy had brought Stice's ovaries instead. Coy had reportedly tried to pass the baby off as her own in order to save her failing marriage. And that's all I have on that. Hold up. She brought her ovaries to yeah. the hospital and was like, here's the placenta. Well, she she brought all that stuff and was like, help, I had a baby. Now, what I read, which I don't know because now I don't know what I read, but she went to a friend's house and was like, help, I just had a baby. The friend called the emergency, like the EMTs or whatever, called 911. They came, took her to the hospital. When she got to the hospital, they took the baby and all the parts and they were like, wait a minute, this is ovaries. So they were like, this isn't right because there wasn't, like, she, she took the wrong things. Now, in the part I you heard. You want to say it, Chelsea, or do you want me to? What? Just dumb. <laughs> like, yeah, basically when she took all this, like, when she did all this, she just tried to make it look like she had the baby. So she took parts of this poor woman's body that weren't even the right parts and just acted like she had this huge accident. So then I didn't know. Yeah, it happened in Kentucky. My ex's aunt was pregnant at the same time. And that woman, Kathy, reached out to her on Facebook. Oh, yeah. And was asking if she wanted baby clothes and things like that. And she just ignored her. And if she had been like, yeah, sure. She would have just got her. But she ignored her. Yeah. She mm -hmm. sensed the psycho. So this next one's a little doozy. They're all <laughs> This one's really. Do we need a trigger this one's warning? Really weird. Oh no! This isn't really a trigger warning. This is just really weird. So this one is about Brandon Lawson. Mm -hmm. So on August eighth, two thousand thirteen, Brandon Lawson arrived at his home in San Angelo, Texas, where he lived with his girlfriend slash wife of ten years. One article said it was his girlfriend. One said it was his wife. So I'm just saying girlfriend slash wife. Because mm -hmm. I don't know. So between approximately 10.45 and 11 p.m., Brandon and Ladessa, I'm assuming is her name. Why can't people just have easy names? Brandon and Polly. Like Amber or whatever. <laughs> Brandon's an easy name. Mm -hmm. 
So Brandon had not returned home the night before, and Ladessa believed that Brandon was on drugs at that time, that he was not home. Right. And at the time, Brandon had ongoing issues with substance abuse. Okay. But had been clean for about six months. But So that's why they were arguing, because he didn't come home the night before. Okay. And okay. she was thinking he was on drugs or something. So that's what that's why they were arguing. Okay. So Brandon's brother. Oh, this is so weird. Okay? <laughs> I'm telling y'all, it's like really weird. Totally for sure. He been not a right? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. It'd been a minute. I was like, oh shoot. So Brandon's brother Kyle Lawson mm-hmm. later claimed that Brandon had taken methamphetamines, aka meth, shortly <laughs> before his disappearance. Around 11.30 p.m., Brandon called his father in Crawley, Texas. About three, It's about a three-hour drive from San Angelo. Mm-hmm. I was like... <laughs> and told him that he was coming to his house. Okay. And at 11.54 p.m. There's a lot of time, so you're just going to mm-hmm. have to At 11.54 p.m., Brandon left his house to go to his father's house, driving his silver Ford F-150. At about 12.30 a.m. Okay, so that... That's about an hour after he called his dad to say that he was going to come. Right? Yes. Okay. And this was all on, a, on the 8th of August. So, on August 9th, Brandon called Kyle and told him that he had run out of gas and was pulled over on U.S. Route 277 between San Angelo and Bront, Texas. Mm-hmm. Kyle claimed that during the call... Brandon told him that three people are chasing me out of town. Later clarified it was the Mexicans in the neighborhood. That escalated quickly. Well, he's about to. Kyle asked if he was hallucinating, which Brandon denied. Kyle, along with Brandon's wife slash girlfriend and four-year-old child, drove to Ladessa's house and retrieved a gas can. Kyle said they continued to make calls to each other, but Brandon wouldn't hold a conversation with him usually ending the call after a few sentences. So at 12.50 a.m., Brandon called 911 and told responders that he had run out of gas and that he needed the police. So Dennis, what is happening? I know. It's, I told y'all, I feel like I'm in the Wizard of Oz in the tornado. I feel like I, I got sucked up in the tornado. <laughs> yeah, that when the Wizard of Oz, when Twilight Zone, mm-hmm. everything. Oh my gosh, I used to love that show. I know. Mm-hmm. So, during the call, Brennan and the police, Lawson made several confused or incoherent sentences, including, so creepy. Okay. Oh, no. Oh, gosh. Yes, I'm in the middle of a field. Pulled some guys over. Right here, going toward Abilene on both sides. And my truck ran out of gas. What the hell is he even talking about? There's one car here. (laughs) (laughs) Like he's a cop. Reporting. The guy's chasing to the woods. This is what Brandon is saying. saying, All that. Just please hurry. Bless it. I know. It's like it's like what's going on, but it's like bless his heart at the same time. Yeah, like something's not right. So several minutes later at twelve fifty six AM, a trucker called nine one one to report Lawson's truck, which was parked in a hazardous manner on the road. Mm -mm. Just in the middle of the damn road. Okay. Between 12.50 a.m. and 1.15 a.m., Brandon received and made several calls with his brother, his girlfriend-slash-wife, his neighbor, 
and the 911 dispatch dispatcher though his poor cell phone reception caused several of these calls to go straight to voicemail so he let go ahead <laughs> just, mexicans were chasing him and ended up being the neighbors sounds me like he just don't know what's going on i don't on. know if if he's referring to the neighbors that chased him in quotation so he wasn't in his truck. He he had left his truck. Yeah, right? no. He whenever the guy come upon it, it, it was just because they're chasing him to the woods. In the road. Yeah. Or, well, he called. So he called nine one one and was talking about. I got him pulled over. Now they're chasing him in the woods. Yeah. Uh. So Brandon received and made several calls to his brother. Do do do. Okay. After one nineteen a.m., all calls to his phone. Went straight to voicemail. At around 1.18 a.m., Kyle called Brandon, who sounded out of breath and claimed he was bleeding. So, shortly after 1 a.m., a sheriff's deputy arrived at Lawson's truck, though Brandon wasn't there. Kyle arrived at the truck around 1.10, because Kyle was on his way with the gas. Right. And with the... And the four-year-old. Yeah, but I guess they dropped him off because they didn't mention them, like, from... Then on. Okay, well, that's good. So I don't know if he was just, they were just with Kyle because they said they went back to Ladessa's to, to get retrieve the gas, the gas can. can. So I don't know if they just, he left them there, I'm sure, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. So Kyle arrived at the truck around 110. At the time, he was on the phone with Brandon. Okay, I was about to when say. When he got to his truck, he was literally like on the phone with Brandon. I was about to say, these times are sounding like he was on the phone when he found it. What? Y'all get ready for this. Brandon. Kyle arrived at the truck around 1.10. At the time, he was on the phone with Brandon, who told him, I can see you. I'm right here. What? It's but neither the deputy nor Kyle could see Brandon. That's freaky. Yeah. What? Mm-mm. I can see you. I'm right here. Like, where? Yale. Sonny. Like, if you really can see Sonny. me. <laughs> if people are chasing you, why wouldn't he just... Okay. <gasps> you know? Yeah, I would... <laughs> I would have been screaming and hollering. He's like, I can see you. Well, come out. If you tell me that's all you got on that one, I'm about to slap you. No, I got a little bit okay, more. I was I was like, don't you I care? Don't get more, but it is okay. almost over. Because, I mean, you'll understand. Once it's done, you'll understand why it's not as much on it. Okay. Okay. So, Continue. at the time of the disappearance, Brandon had an active arrest warrant on him as well. So, this whole time he was, I don't know him. <laughs> he had an arrest a warrant, a warrant out, out for his arrest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Kyle thought that he had made that he may have been hiding from the deputy because Kyle and the deputy both were there. Yeah, makes and sense. Brandon said, "I can see you. I'm right here." Mm-hmm. So he just thought maybe the reason why he didn't come out is because the deputy was there too. Yeah. So after talking to the officer, Kyle drove a short distance up the road and parked the car to wait for Brandon to appear. Though after about thirty to forty five minutes, he left. Kyle just left? He just left. So, I don't understand why... Okay, why so, if it, if it was my brother or my sister on the phone saying, like, I can see you on my hair, like, I'd be sprinting to the woods. Like, I'm not just gonna... I mean, his car, his truck was parked, according to the trucker, in a hazardous manner on the road. Yeah. But yet, you're just gonna leave because he didn't show up 30 to 45 minutes later. Yeah, something's clearly wrong. So, you're gonna drive all the way there because you're worried about him. And you know something's wrong, something's going on, and then like, well, he had 30, 45 minutes to get here. I don't know what he's doing. See ya. Like, what? I mean, I understand in some cases, you know, drug history and stuff. Yeah, but still. But 
It's like it don't matter. Like, like you know, he's right there, and you're not gonna try to stay. I mean, do you keep trying to call him? Well, he left, so I know. But I'm like, was he calling? Well, was he? Did he get a hold of him again? I don't. Yes, it didn't say what happened. Um, so Kyle left the gas can in the back of Brandon's truck. So he was just like, all right, there I'm gonna leave go. him because he ain't coming. So he just put it in the back of his truck and later returned to the truck around 5 a.m. Didn't even put the gas in his truck. No, he just put the back of it. And he came, he came back at 5 a.m. to back to his truck where he was surprised that Brandon had not returned. Mm. Oh, you shocked? And then around 8 a.m., the truck was towed. So in the aftermath of his disappearance, <laughs> a local deputy organized a search party and spent several hours investigating the area near Lawson's truck but found no signs of Lawson. Friends and family of Brandon set up a Facebook page called Help Find Brandon Lawson, which as of 2016 had over 12,000 likes. However, Lawson remains missing to this day. Oh my gosh. Like, I, bet, I told you this case, like... I bet his brother, like, beats himself up over that. Like Maybe. Eating. I would. I don't know. I mean, you think you would. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would, too, but I'm just saying, I don't know. It just... Why was his wife, girlfriend, four-year-old with Kyle? Like, why was they with him anyway? No. Well, whenever he was... He was fighting with her, right? And left? Yeah, he left, called his dad, he was like... They were fighting, and then he called his dad, and he was like, I'm coming over and right. doing our drive. And then he left a few minutes later. Maybe she went over there and was like, your brother just left. Da, 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 da. Could have been. Yeah. And he took him back home? I don't know. Yeah. Because if they think he's on drugs, she's probably going to go talk to his brother and be like, look, this is what's going on. He ran off. I think he's on drugs again. Then he gets a call from him. He's like, I'm out of gas. He's like, all right, we're going to get you some gas. They go. He starts calling people, reporting stuff, saying that these Mexican men are following him. What is going on? And he's just out there in the woods somewhere. He's got to be. Where's his body at? Um, I thought you was about to read the whole story. See, <laughs> I, I researched to see if, because it's 2021 now. Yeah. Right. I was like. No new leads. No new leads. He's still, he still remains missing to this day. I was like. That's Where insane. you be, Brandon? No. That's. Terrifying. Mm. Uh, now we're going to be talking about an old, old, old boy named Free Frederick. Free, Free. So he's from Australia. He's an Australian pilot. And there's a bunch of big words that Chelsea cannot <laughs> pronounce. So I want to say his last name one time and one time only. <laughs> and from here on out, he's going to be referred to as Fred. <laughs> All righty. So Frederick Valentich. Valentich. Mm -hmm. was an Australian pilot who disappeared while on a training flight over Bass Strait, which I didn't know what that was, so I looked up Bass Strait. Mm -hmm. Y'all know what it is? No, but over it just sounds Bass like a body of water. Yeah, it sounds like yeah. a big lake. Babe. Well, it's it's a sea strait separating... Don't tell me. I know this word. I know this word. I said it completely I fine. Say, I, I couldn't reading. see it. Tsunami. No. Ta oh, Tasmania. <laughs> I was, I don't know what I was doing. I don't know what I was doing. Oh, God. Just the life of Chelsea. So, <laughs> Bass Strait, which is a sea strait separating Tasm Tasmania from the Australian mainland. It's like I get nervous, okay. but I know. I knew You're the word the whole time. You're just psyching yourself. Okay. Yeah. Okay. 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 <laughs> so, Frederick 
had about 150 hours, total hours, flying time, and had a class four instrument rating, which authorized him to fly at night. So I'm assuming okay. that's really good. I don't know much yeah, about... Experienced enough that you can fly yeah. at night, at least. So he he, he could fly. Yeah. But only... At night. At night. <laughs> at night. He was allowed to fly at night, but only on visual meteorological conditions. Did I say that right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so that means the weather's going to be good. The weather has to be good, yeah. Okay, 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 okay. So, he had twice applied to enlist in the Royal Australian Air Force, but was rejected because of an inadequate educational qualifications. Mm-hmm. Like, not yet. Frederick was a believer in UFOs and had been worried about being attacked by them. Oh. Then why are you in the airplane? So, what? <laughs> I think aliens this are real. I think there's UFOs. Too. I'm just going to You think like aliens are real? No, I, I'm saying this yes. again. Like, that ain't logical. Yes. You're scared of UFOs? Do you so think they are, Sarah? No. Do you, Deidre? Yes. You really do? I think that there are other life forms out there. I sure do. Oh, okay. There's just, been proof. That, well, we ain't going to talk about it. I was just curious. I was just asking Well, all I'm going to say is that the government has literally came out and been like, yeah, there's some stuff out there and we don't know what it is. Yeah, because you can believe everything the government says. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying, if they're like, there's stuff out there and we don't know what the aircraft is, because they lied about it for years. So moving on. So he believes in that stuff. And he was worried about being attacked by them while he was in the air. Or I guess any, any time of day, really. So the destination of Frederick's final flight was King Island, but his motivation for the flight is unknown. So he just randomly took off for unknown reasons. Mm. Uh, he told flight officials apparently that he was going to King Island to pick up crayfish, known as crawfish, crawdaddies, crawdads, like that's what mm. we say. Later investigations found both stated reasons to be untrue. So it was just the rumor. Oh, that okay. He was going over there. Because because Frederick had also failed to inform the King Island Airport of his intention to land there, going against standard procedure. Mm-hmm. So he's not known of a man to not tell, "Hey, I'm I'm going to go do this or I'm going to do that," so you know, like he was known to do that and follow procedure. So like, so we're thinking that he lied about what he was doing, or that they got yeah. It wrong. People were saying that he went to King Island to get that stuff. But they later found to be untrue because the he didn't at the airport to the king said that they hadn't heard from him and they never said he never mentioned coming there. Mm-hmm. So they just believe that that was that that was the truth because he's not a man. He ain't that type of man that's not going to tell you where he's going. Right. I'm saying, do they think that he just lied to those people who said that's what he said? No, he just don't. He just they, like just, they, just, they just think people made that up. Okay. So then it went on to say that. That he radioed the Mel- Melbourne Air Traffic Control at 7.06 p.m. to report an unidentified aircraft that was following him at 4,500 feet. He was told there was no known traffic at that level. Mm-hmm. So Frederick said that he could see a large unknown aircraft which appeared to be illuminated by four bright landing, four bright landing lights. He was unable to confirm its type but said it had passed about a thousand feet overhead and was moving at high speed. Well, he then reported that the aircraft was approaching him from the east and said the other pilot might be purposely toying with him. Frederick said the aircraft was orbiting above him and that it had a shiny metal surface and a green light on it. He further reported that he was experiencing engine problems. Asking to identify the aircraft, Frederick then radioed, it's not an aircraft. 
So he was like, it's not an aircraft. Like, yeah, like it's not a plane. Like, oh, it's not an aircraft. Yeah. Uh, his transmission was then interrupted by unidentified noise described as <laughs> described as being metallic scraping sounds. Did I say that right? Mm. Metallic? Mm. Before <laughs> Sarah's face, I can't. Mm -mm. Before all contact was lost. A sea and air search was undertaken. The search encompassed over a thousand square miles. Search efforts ceased on October 25th of 1978 without results. An investigation into Frederick's disappearance by the Australian Department of Transport was unable to determine the cause, but it was presumed fatal for Frederick. So five years after his aircraft went missing, an engine coil flap was found washed ashore on Flinfers Island. The part has been identified as have as had coming from a Cessna 182 aircraft between a certain range of serial numbers, which included Frederick's aircraft. A couple of people, well, a couple of people, it, it, Lord have mercy, proposed explanations, and some of them were that he staged his own disappearance, which that's weird, uh, suicide, and there was another one that he became disoriented, and he was flying upside down. So if that were the case, that the lights he thought he saw would be his own aircraft lights reflecting off the water. Mm. So no one knows what happened to him. Bruh. But yeah, like, I thought that was crazy. Hmm. I wonder if they have that. Well, no, they don't have a black box recording because they don't have the plane. I wonder if they record that on the other end. See? Y'all? I don't know. Do they have all that stuff back in 1978? I don't, I don't oh. know. Oh, nope. Probably not. I forgot it was the 70s. Yeah, 1978. Probably not. Yeah, I was like, ugh. Mm -mm, mm -mm, mm -mm. That's all I have on that one, but I thought that was kind of... Yeah. That was a little doozy, too. Oh, uh, yeah. Where's but, he at? Brandon, dude. Brandon. That's, that, was, that was insane. I got the hiccups. Okay, so the other one I'm going to do is the murder on the Schultz family. You know the Schultz family? I don't know yet. Oh, uh, this is in Germany. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So, drag, I'm assuming, drag, drag, D-R-A-G-E, mm -hmm. Germany. On Tuesday, July 21st, 2015, the Schultz family, consisting of Father Marco, which is 41, and Sylvia, 43, and daughter Miriam. 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 There you go. She's 12. Oh. Visit a horse farm close to their home. This is the last time they were ever seen alive together. So, the following day is the last school day before the holidays start. Which holiday? I don't know. Probably Christmas. I don't know. I might be in here, but I, it's just a holiday. It's a <laughs> holiday. So, the weather is quite pleasant. So, I don't know. Maybe <laughs> I'm like, yeah, maybe Easter. <laughs> Same date. I couldn't remember. July 21st. It's just when they visited a farm. Close to a holiday. And this, that's the last time that they were... Well, Germany must have different. Yeah, it yeah. Says the yeah, because it says the following day is the last school day before yeah. the holiday starts. Yeah, so. sometimes holiday means vacation too Maybe it's over just there. Like Who knows? Summer break. Yeah, probably more than likely. <laughs> <laughs> so the weather's quite pleasant and people are in good spirits, but unfortunately, Miriam Schultz is ill that day and is not able to see her friends one more last time before the holiday starts. Oh. But her father takes care of her while her mother works at a nearby supermarket. Ooh, I hit my hand. Her co 
her co-worker <laughs> is the last known person to see her alive. Talking about the mother, Sylvia. Because she mm -hmm. was at work. So on Friday, July 24th, whoa, yes. July 24th, her boss reports Sylvia as missing. And the very same day, the police visit the Schultz home. Nobody reacts to them knocking and ringing the home. So they open the door. Only, only to be welcomed by the friendly family cats. They find the wallets and paperwork there, but Miriam's favorite stuffed animals are missing. And there's no sign of a suicide note or a farewell letter. So the next three days, the police, firefighters, and the public are searching for the family, but they have no luck. But only on Friday, July 31st, the drowned body of Marco Schultz is found bound to a 25 keg heavy concrete block in the river Elby. It's just his body. Yes. They found him in the river tied to something, to, to that, that big old concrete, concrete thing. block. So the police search the river for Sylvia and Miriam, but they end up finding nothing. Except Sylvia's bike was found under the bridge from which Marco jumped from. They said he jumped from it. Oh. Yeah. And then, and, then they, and then they were like, what happened on Wednesday, July 22nd? Dun, dun, dun. They were murdered. Ooh, no. Okay. As mentioned, Sylvia went to work while Marco took care of Miriam. Marco was seen buying a pack of cigarettes that day. Miriam had a doctor's appointment to which she didn't appear to. Between 4 to 5 p.m., Sylvia leaves work in her gray Dacia, Dacia. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Some, some kind of buggy thing they got over there. Or over there, down there. I have no clue what a Dacia is. Oh, no. uh, so, Dacia. two calls have been made by Marco on 520... Oh, my gosh. At 525 p.m. Oh, it's just a European car. Oh. Mm -hmm. Well, she got a car and a bike? Yeah, what the hell? Why I she? Well, know. maybe you know, maybe she... Sometimes people overseas do love to bike. Yeah. <laughs> no, not Americans, <laughs> though. No Americans no bike. American. We don't bike over here. So, two calls have been made by Marco at 525 p.m. and on... And at 7.33 p.m. on the evening, he's seen putting the trash can out. So the following day, 7.30 a.m., Marco Schultz is seen driving to their home. And where did he where did he come from and what did he do is what people were like, you know, because he was last seen taking the trash out. And then he's seen coming home at 7.30 a.m. Like he threw something away. And Okay, okay. So then a witness appears. On August 5th, a credible witness calls the police and tells them that she saw the Schultz family the very same day they disappeared at the Molentic and Home Sepson. <laughs> a dike of 40 <laughs> away from the family home. 40 kilometers away from yeah. What is a dike? I don't know. I mean, I know yeah. it. and Tyke and Home Sepson. Sepinson. Look, when I was talking these words, I was like, see, I ain't going to be able to pronounce none of this. Oh, no. Well, on Monday, August 17th, track hounds can find traces of Sylvia and Miriam at the dike, but they suddenly end at the riverside. So it's like, what is it? It's like a dam almost. Oh. A barrier used to regulate or hold back water from a river lake. Once you said the water, I was like, okay. But yeah, so they can track her traces, like the, her scent. Her whereabouts. Her up until it stopped at the riverside. What is going on? So only the trace of Marco does not just lead to the dike, 
but also leads away from it. Okay. But neither in the sea nor in the close-by area, they can find the bodies of mother and daughter Schultz. So they, you know, they found his body floating, mm-hmm. and then they never, never found their bodies. Their bodies. So the police initially suspect Marco. These are theories of mm-hmm. killing his family at the Mul- Mulantic and home. Sippinson, something like that. The above mentioned dike. (laughs) (laughs) But there are some things that don't add up. The witness saw the family on the early evening of Wednesday, the 22nd. And Marco made two calls from his home, the 5.25 p.m. and the 7.33 p.m. that I mentioned earlier. Mm -hmm. So it's rather unlikely that within two hours he drove, oh, he drove 40 km. Kilometers. Kilometers. 38 minutes to the dike. Hmm. Dang, Germany be putting stuff in there like Americans like can't read. Like we need translations because <laughs> well, I do anyway. Killed his family, disposed the bodies that the police didn't find them. Oh my gosh, <laughs> it's all running together. <laughs> I don't like this case. Oh, there's a lot going on. Okay, so. He could have, he could have, of course, put the bodies in the car, brought them home, got rid of them later. Mm-hmm. And the following day, <laughs> Marco's seen driving back to their home. So maybe he did it sometime around then. He left, and then he came back. <laughs> he came back. Okay. There were no motives for him to kill his family that they know of. Like there was no suicide note, and he didn't have history or anything of mental illness. Right. But, I mean, that doesn't mean anything. So, of course, one can snap and kill someone in rage with a struggle, blah, blah, blah. But his daughter, too, like, that's just... Yeah. We, we hear it every day. What do you think, Sarah? I don't know. I'm I'm lost on this one. I'm, I'm lost, too. <laughs> it's weird that they found his scent at the... They found his scent at the same place as they found the mother and daughter, right? And his goes away from it, mm-hmm. from the dike. Yeah. And then they just find him floating somewhere else. So I guess I can see why they think, oh, well, he probably killed him and then jumped off. But I'm trying to figure out, you said it was like a 25-foot block of concrete? Is that what you said? Or 25 pound? Okay. I was like, how the heck are you jumping? A 25-foot pound of concrete? I don't think he... 25 pounds ain't going to do nothing, though. I don't... Well, I guess... Anyway. Hmm. I don't think he'd be able to pick up a 25-foot block, concrete block. You think so? That's big. Yeah, like how big is it? Well, the other theory is that Sylvia left him with their daughter and he committed suicide thereafter, but there are no significant facts that are backing this theory. Mm. It's basically just people Yeah, just speculating and making stuff up or or just yeah, speculating. That's so weird. And <clears throat> There were other theories that a different person or persons killed or kidnapped Sylvia and Miriam. And either Marco killed himself or they killed him and made it look like a suicide. But there's no facts, you know, backing that up. That's all in that weird, confusing case. This is the story of a girl. (laughs) Got a river and drown the whole world. These are just like. We don't own the rights to that song. The most crazy and confusing, and it's like, and that's it. Yeah, we don't know anything. This is a hard one. 
because we don't have any answers. This is like a detritus. <laughs> this is like all the episodes, all my unsolved stuff. It's surprising that I didn't do this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so the next one we're going to be talking about is a boy named Johnny Goch. Gosh, but he's going to be, he's going to be known as Johnny. Mm-hmm. Probably ain't saying his name right. Okay. So in 1982, a 12 year old boy disappeared in West Des Moines. Des Moines. West Des Moines, Iowa. Mm-hmm. His name was Johnny. What transpired that day was the beginning of a whole, oh my, a worldwide eye opener to the atrocities, pedophilia, <laughs> atrocities. Was it atrocities? Yep, atrocities okay. of pedophilia <laughs> and child trafficking in America. Johnny was kidnapped while he began his morning paper route for the Des Moines, Des Moines, Des Moines Register mm-hmm. in West Des Moines, Iowa, on September fifth, nineteen eighty-two. He was followed until he was out of sight of the others, then snatched by two men who held him down in the backseat of an old fairmount. About six months after Johnny's kidnapping, a woman was approached by a young boy in the parking lot of a convenience store in Oklahoma, Sarah, in Oklahoma, screaming, I'm Johnny, gosh, gosh. And he was 12 when he went missing? Yeah. Apparently. This is the same year? He said this to the woman... Yeah. Okay. He said this to, no, he said this to, yes, six months, yeah, six months after. Okay. So, maybe the same year, maybe barely the next, depending on where it fell in the year. When but yeah, it was missing? like. It doesn't say. But you said it was six months and then it was in September. September 5th. So, March. September 5th. March. He, he, went, he went missing September 5th. He was doing his oh, paper route. Oh, oh, I was like six September months 5th. later. Yeah, six so months after September fifth. Okay, so yeah. apparently, so nineteen eighty three. It was the next year, but so I and he says I'm Johnny Gosh. I've been kidnapped, and he was immediately accosted, 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 accosted. Is that a word? Yes. Yeah, I see it. Well, you better buy the two now, men. Sarah. Mm. Yeah, accosted like. They intervened. They grabbed him up. By two men who grabbed him and he... And were never seen again. So, 15 years later, Johnny came to visit his mother, apparently, for a few hours and asked for her help. There were two men with him and he could not stay. Are people not calling the police? What is... How come we can't... Okay. Well, his mom's name is Noreen. And it said Johnny stayed with her for only a few hours, and then left before daylight, disappearing into the night to leave his mother and nothing but the secret memory of his visitation. Secret memory. So you couldn't slip off and call the police real quick? Yeah, I don't know. You would think that she would call the cops. But, I mean, I don't even... Unless they were with them the whole time. I don't care. I'm calling the cops. Mm-hmm. I would, too. You got my child. We sitting in my house for three or four hours and you're not going to I'll try to call the cops. Mm-hmm. So his mom said he saw like I saw him. Two men were with him. Yeah, apparently that's what they said. And it's just, yeah, like it's weird because you would think she would call the cops or something. But I mean, who knows? She may have tried calling the cops, but I don't know. It It's all weird. That's insane. So that's all I want to go over today. So there's the the stuff. <laughs>
hope y'all enjoy it. As you say, very interesting. Yes. What happened to Brandon? What happened to the flight guy? What happened? Yeah, what happened to all of them? But yeah, the only one that was Brandon found and solved was Jamie Stice and JC. Yeah, and JC. That's insane. Where are they? Where are you? <laughs> well, I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you keep listening. And I hope you remember to keep it sweet. Oh my god. I forgot. DJ, this was you. I'm like, it's you. It's just like, you say cute. No, you don't. You say it. Okay.